Welcome to the Suburbs. I'm Kim. I'm Juice. And, and this, this is Suburban, Suburban Pod. Pod. We're just two bougie Negroes trying to figure out how to express our blackness in white spaces. Follow us on Twitter at Suburban Pod. And follow us on Instagram at Sub underscore Urban Pod. All right, enjoy. Dive be a hero. Yes. Live long enough to see yourself become a villain. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think everybody starts out as a hotel a little bit. Yeah. I think once you like get a little bit of knowledge and stuff, and then you're like, "Yo, I think I've figured this world out," and you start saying shit that you think nobody has ever thought of except mm-hmm. for you, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Dude, this shit has been tested and measured, and it doesn't." lead to the path you're acting like it does mm-hmm. another thing i'm noticing is people will post stuff that's did you see the sonic the hedgehog thing uh-uh well they're coming out with a sonic the hedgehog movie and so hmm. somebody made a fake article saying that sonic the hedgehog was like transsexual in the in the movie to appease modern ob- audiences and all these dudes were like, oh, raise your hand if you think they're taking it too far. You're like, you idiot. That's not. That's a fake article. But your oh, hatred is showing. <laughs> your transphobia is showing. Everybody calm down. Jesus. I'm low-key. Like, I'm tired of, like, social media. Same. 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 I literally was thinking, like, months ago that I wish I could just get off of it. But then we have this that we have to keep promoting and also like me with the business but i'm so over social media because everybody's trying to like people just say like i know trolling has always been part of social media but people just say like outlandish shit and act like we can't pull up their tweets and be like yo you are literally just saying this for now like did you see the aisha curry thing Mm mm-hmm like I think I heard a little bit about it, but I don't. She was on Red Table Talks, and so of course you know that shit be trending. What? How did I miss a Red Table Talk? So what they what were, talking, were they talking about? She was. Let me try to see if I can find a two minute video because it it starts here. Yeah. Pretty much what she was just saying is that she doesn't get the attention from uh, guys that Steph gets from girls, and it, it's kind of discouraging. She said just a little bit, but so Twitter was destroying her. What were they saying? It was people on all sides of it. That's the other reason why I don't like social media right now is because everybody's on all sides and acts like nobody could be possibly overreacting. Hmm. Like maybe we are all reading this different and we, somebody is not an idiot because they disagree with you. 
So it was it was God saying, can you imagine if a uh, guy said this about his wife getting attention? And then it was women saying, um, she's trying to shame these other girls, but she's literally wanting the attention because it's not on her. Then it was people saying that uh, she was speaking from being a mother of three. Mm-hmm. With a recent child, because their their son is only he's under a, a year old, mm-hmm. so they were saying she's dealing with her body changing and things, and so she's being she's feeling that emotion from it. And then it was people saying, "Girl, Steph Curry ain't even that cute." <laughs> Damn. And then somebody, the girl who said that, one of the girls who said that, people start pulling up her tweets. Be like, bitch! You literally like a couple weeks ago were talking about how cute you thought he was. <laughs> like, people just say shit, and then the other thing is, people say outlandish shit just so we'll go look at their shitty ass fucking music. Yeah, I hate that. Like, I hate seeing these like clickbait tweets, and then you go and you're just like, oh shit! Like, I gotta see the comments on this, and like the first one, the top comment is, "Hey, go check out my Instagram while you're here." Go to right. just be like. Man, so what the fuck? That might be why I never go viral. Because I'll be saying shit just to like... Clickbait. If I ever... Yeah. No, people just are really... um, Everybody thinks they're a brand. They're attracted to social media because everybody is equating social media to a way to get some money or a way to get Mm -hmm. some some fame. Similar thing to podcasting. True. That's what? very true. There's a lot of podcasts that I've listened to that don't make it past like 10 episodes. Yeah, because this <laughs> shit is hard. Yeah. Like, that's a two year old horn, but to make schedules, like the fact that we fucking did this shit this long for an entire year consecutive, consistently. That's the craziest part. With with my crazy schedule, because yours didn't really change. Right. My shit be all over the place. This is true. But. I don't know. I guess we can talk about that. I've been recording this entire time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Good thing, but I figured. Um, um so. yeah, podcasting is the new. Well, it's not. I can't even say new, but it, it's definitely the thing that people, everybody thinks that they can just jump on it because it's hot and that they'll be successful because it's the thing to do. And that's not. That's not how this shit works at all. Like it takes so much planning and editing and just deciding who you're going to be in the world of podcasting and figuring out your look and your feel and your genre and, and I still don't know what genre we are just coming up with shit (laughs) to talk to on a weekly basis. Honestly, it's not that easy or not or having to learn how to record without relying on music because our first like i went back and changed it but if anybody listened to like our first 10 episodes i had like real ass fucking music on here yeah until they took that track off that day and i was like all right i didn't know (laughs) we got to calm down it's because I start playing that brand new shit. That's what fucked me up. Because they got uh, tags in Oh, it. yeah, because you played, what was it, Kanye? Yeah, Kanye and that Nas Kanye album. Mm-hmm. And then that's what what got me. Universal don't play. So uh, that's one of the other things. Because pe- I'll be seeing people 
still be playing like music and I'm like, Ooh, I can't do that shit. Cause I was in here freaking out. I was like, man, the fans are going to get us, bro. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> but yeah, I do have those original podcasts with the music, man. I was in here cutting that shit all the way up. If I had unlimited power, man, this should be dope as fuck. True. <laughs> True. So, also, because I didn't realize that I, I kept thinking that our anniversary was yesterday, the 6th. And it wasn't. It was, it was Thursday. The fourth. It was the 2nd. Oh, was it the 2nd? What was Thursday? The day I put the thing up is it was our anniversary. Yeah, that was the second. Like, so that shit slipped up on me. So I didn't, we didn't even talk about it in our episode. So thoughts, thoughts on your, uh, one year anniversary of a podcast. Um, it's pretty cool. I guess it's still weird when people like, tell me shit about certain episodes and I just be like, what? <laughs> You're listening to that shit? Yeah. Um, I did think about this because I tried to think, what is your favorite, either part of an episode or your episode? Favorite episode is probably the first one we did with Akeem. <laughs> yeah. Um, and our very first episode. Yeah. We sound so young and free in that first don't episode. Don't it? Don't it? It's like, man, we are like, this is cute. <laughs> so <man>. jaded. <laughs> Rose colored glasses. <laughs> What's my favorite episode? Um, my favorite moment that I can think of is the one where you just say Kodak Black needs to be shot, and then I just <laughs> I hit the gunshot, and we both just die laughing. <laughs> What other what moments? It was a moment last week that you told me to cut out that I was like, please let me use this shit. Which one? When you were describing that movie that I had never heard of, like a civil rights movie oh. in 3D. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't know what the fuck I was talking about. <laughs> I don't know if it was just so scary that I felt like it was too real or... Like that episode when I was editing, it made me think. I was like, maybe we do need to script some of this shit out. <laughs> We're getting a little too loose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what other? The episode, the first episode with Akeem was was really funny. The second episode with Terrell was actually really funny too. Yeah. I think I like all of our hosted or all of our um. Yeah, our episodes with with hosts, <laughs> I like those. We need we need more of that this season. Yeah, we do more hosts. Um, we gotta get Nick back too, because the Nick episode is one of my favorites too. Because we did something we hadn't done in real time before, and I hadn't even tested it out, and it worked out really well. Yeah, and it was it was a really good interview, mm-hmm. and. Just stuff like that. Like little things we can do. Um, I think it's just really overall just kind of been like a pretty rewarding experience. You know, like just 
the, with the editing and then putting out the final product is just, you know, it's it's a good like learning process. Yeah, and the fact that we stuck through through frustration is what is the dope part because we man, I was ready to give up by like the fourteenth episode. Really? Why? Because I couldn't get this shit right the way I wanted it to sound. And I was just like, man, fuck, man. <laughs> Every fucking episode. It was like, the worst part was because I was like, we're doing I mean, but did you genuinely com- expect the, the, the audio and everything to be perfect, like, right off the bat? Here's the problem that I've realized. Everybody is secretly an expert at what good audio sounds like and what bad audio sounds like. Everybody knows it when they hear it. Mm-hmm. So when you can't reproduce what you know how something's supposed to sound, mm-hmm. and you've been listening to music your entire life and dealing with uh, computers and shit. Were you starting to question your abilities? I was starting to be like, I can't afford to pay nobody to do this shit. And I can't do this shit. <laughs> so what the fuck is about to happen? And it was like we were doing good episodes, but they the sound just the, the throwing zoom, that out there. Getting the zoom though has helped us out a lot though. Yeah. Now, if I did give advice to somebody, I would say get if you're gonna start a podcast, just get like two sure SM fifty eights and a uh you gotta move the phone. Oh, <laughs> You messing up the Zoom that we you bragging about. <laughs> um, and then, like, get, like, a Zoom or something. Don't go out and buy, like, a computer and shit. There's <laughs> other ways you can... If I knew what I know now, I would change some stuff. But I think that's just a part of it, though. You know? Yeah. When you think back on some podcasts that you've listened to for years and go back and listen to their very first episode after you've listened to, like, 50 something it's there's always change and then also sometimes i'll be like when i listen to other stuff i'm like i'm too hard on myself mm-hmm. i'm way too hard on myself do i still find flaws and stuff in the stuff we do of course everybody does if you don't if you're doing something perfect then what's the point of even doing it right <laughs> it's got to be some kind of tension um so, also, because we got to give a couple shout-outs to people uh, first. I'm going to shout-out Wendy. And then I also realized, when I was thinking about this, we never explained who Wendy was. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, we have, like, all of these characters on the show that That's people true. don't know who the fuck they are. That's true. That's and they're true. just like, yeah. We just be talking about them like everybody know. Like, so Wendy was my coworker for four years. She's worked with uh, Chance's dad for 15 years. So she started uh, her own uh, bail bonding company. And she had a really dope office. So she let us use one of the inner offices to record. So until, what, like two months ago, we recorded almost all our episodes up there. Yeah. So, Wendy helped out a lot. Um, Corey for the music, so we wouldn't get copyright infringement each week. True. <laughs> um, Akeem, Nick, Terrell, 
uh, Spy Guy's crazy ass. Anybody who's shared our episodes, yeah, shouted us out. Um, shout out to Casey. Casey always a real one. Uh, shout out to Melvin or another real one. Mindset podcast. Yeah. Uh, who else? Yeah, my mom would. I asked my mom the other day. I was like, uh, "Would you go on the podcast?" She's like, "No, I can't go on your podcast." And then the other day, she was like, "I will go on your podcast." <laughs> I was like, "Bro, I don't want you on this shit." <laughs> <laughs> of course, I didn't say that, but I was like, "Nah, I'm good, fam." <laughs> what What made her change her heart? I don't know. It was just weird too the way she said it. She was like, "You just can't talk about anything like just super crazy." I was like, "Nah, I'm good, dude." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> you missed your shot. All we do is talk about crazy shit around here. I'm not addicted to sex. You remember that Neo song? No, I do not like Neo. What? You didn't like Neo? I thought he was corny. He was, but he had good songs. <laughs> <laughs> of course Neo's corny. Mm. Neo is like the slightly cooler Jason Derulo. Except for Neo has way better songs than Jason Derulo. Yeah. But Jason Derulo is corny like the he'll get invited to white people's bill. He's the, uh, the black friend. <laughs> And I've been the black friend, and you've been the black friend, so we understand. That's exactly what it is. It's like, <laughs> we'll let him be black. That's our black friend, Jason. <laughs> uh, yeah. I still can't believe he dated Jordan Sparks. Me either. Who does she have a baby with? She had a baby with somebody. I have no idea. Is it Party Next Door? What? She had a baby with somebody recently. With that, it's kind of mind blowing. With a with an, a rapper artist, they're artists. Speaking of other artists, uh, Adele is about to be single, and uh, Adele is one of my secret crushes. She finna drop some real hurt ass. Oh, it's gonna be legendary. Can't wait. And then she gonna pop up with some a new boo. Hopefully me. Adele, hit me up. She going to surprise us and get extra fine on us. Oh, yeah. I always thought she has a gorgeous face, though. Oh, yeah. Always. Now, apparently, she uh, had a baby with Dana Thomas. He's a fitness model. Oh, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Do actual fit, fitness models exist, or is that like the? Uh, how many like are these actual fitness models are really like about the culture? Right. <laughs> I really are they appropriate fitness culture? I think so, <laughs> honestly and truly. <laughs> um, what was I getting ready to say? Oh, let's talk about the Met Gala. Okay. So, um. 
the Met Gala was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, what's the full name of the Met thing? Because I know it's a benefit that always goes to some like foundation. Let's ask Google. But each each year they have a different uh, theme. This year was camp, and not camp meaning like hiking, swimming, and <laughs> s'mores. What did you say? S'mores, hiking, yeah. Swimming, <laughs> chilling in a cabin and shit camp is like uh let me look the official def- definition this is super slow right now is yours camp style is an aesthetic style and sensibility that regards something as appealing because of its bad taste and ironic value that's a really good definition. What I was told was it was it was essentially like choosing something but going all out, like just right. making Being it extra gaudy. As fuck. Yeah, like Lady Gaga became old Lady Gaga. Yeah, like everybody <laughs> did like complete looks and like that shit was actually dope as fuck. Though the fact that it's like you're like man, we have growing up with Lady Gaga, like she's like our age yeah. too. And then you think she was like doing the bad romance era, like style. You're like, man, that was a while ago. Yeah, that was early 2000s. Well, not early. It was it our was college the later years. 2000s, yeah. So, like 2008, Eight, 2009. 2009. And now, like a couple months ago, she was performing at the Academy Awards and up for Oscars and shit. But then you're just like, man, I miss that Gaga. That bad romance guy got was a monster. I think I heard that she was about to do some new shit. I'm down for it. Because I like that Joanne album. Like where she went on the tours for uh, those little dive bar tours. Mm-hmm. But who are some other people at the Met Gala? That, I mean, that showed up. Um, Cardi B. Yeah. She looked really good. Billy Porter showed up. Billy Porter is like just... He's snapping y'all necks. He was a golden like phoenix. They carried that nigga in. Yeah. That's another thing I love about this kind of theme. It's like you can have props that add to your whole look. Um Zendaya's outfit. That was that was awesome. Yeah, I like that she had like the light, the fiber optics in hers. And they had the Cinderella, uh she did the Cinderella look. Yes. And her stylist was the one that acted like the fairy godmother. There was um <clears throat> one lady who did like a Barbie look. It was like a pink suit and she had like all pink accessories and like perfect like Barbie yeah. hair. Oh. Was it uh it wasn't Bieber's wife, is it? No. She she had, she kind of did a Barbie though too cuz she had like the high ponytail and like she had a, a pink, pink dress. dress. Um, I did see that Janelle Monet, done as usual. Lena Waithe, yes, that was a. I did like that. I love that. I reposted that on my Instagram. I love that. The best thing about that is that she she usually has more of a masculine look, but she looked very feminine in that that red lipstick. Like that was a nice blend of shit. Red lipstick will change your life. Um. Everybody also was talking about how Kanye just mailed it in. <laughs> the funny thing is, 
y'all niggas ain't up on culture. Because <laughs> that Eisenhower Dickie jacket is a legendary jacket. It might have cost, I got two of them. Like, it might have cost only under $50, but that is a classic American work workwear. Nicki Minaj didn't do enough for me. It was somebody else that kind of... Frank Ocean? What the fuck was that about? Uh, Miley Cyrus. I mean, it just looks like a regular event. The video that uh, Sierra and Big Frida made was dope as fuck, though. Yo, Big Frida's going to be in fucking Birmingham I saw on that. Sunday. And I'm off, but that's Mother's Day. Why would they do that? <laughs> Take your mama. <laughs> These hoes. <laughs> Watch the breakdown. <laughs> Jacqueline Johnson would not. <laughs> We're gonna take Patricia Woods and Jacqueline Johnson. Like, hey, Ma, you wanna go to the show with me? What is it about? <laughs> Who else had a good Met Gala moment? Oh, Sophie Turner. I didn't know she was dating Jonas' brother. She plays Sansa in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Sophie Turner and one of the Jonas brothers, because I don't know them apart. They did a I think pretty cool look. It's not Nick. It's not Kevin. What's the other one? Joe. Yeah, it's him. Because yeah. the other two are married. That is a pretty cool look. And what the fuck was, is up with Nick Jonas's mustache? That's the real question. I have not seen it. Somebody said he looked like uh, Littlefinger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I just started watching Game of Thrones finally. So I watched the first season. I finished it last night. So I'm about to be up on all these references. I'm making up for lost time, nigga. It only took us seven years. Hey, I'm here though. Um, speaking of uh mediocre white uh <laughs> whiteness. Oh gosh. Uh Taylor Swift decided that she was gonna reappropriate Beyonce culture and one could never never reappropriate that shit excellence cannot be recreated Mm. not especially if you gonna mail that shit in (sighs) bro that band acted like they had never played together once (laughs) like what like what the fuck like i'm gonna let you handle this for as a band expert i didn't watch it Man, you gotta watch that shit. I saw the pictures and I said, "I'm not having, <laughs> I'm not having any parts in whatever the fuck is going on here." <laughs> like, I'm boycotting. Nope, <laughs> bro. Why? And then I watched it sadly, and it's just I've been thinking about this lately. Like people reward mediocrity. I hope I'm saying that right for like everything mm-hmm. like another thing that made me think about that was all right it's two things one i randomly watched true hollywood stories and if you remember the e-network before the kardashians invaded <laughs> they used to have true hollywood stories where they told biographies yeah. about uh, people and their troubles uh-huh. so one of the ones i watched was the brady bunch and it made me realize that the Brady Bunch is like the worst show of all fucking time. 
and everybody acts like it's a fucking like classic. And then by watching the the thing, you realize that everybody on the show knew it was shit too. I think what 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 made it so like big was not that it was good or written well, but the fact that it was it was the the start of a new era. It was during an era where people were way more comfortable getting divorces and more blended families starting to happen more openly. So it was just kind of this new wave of ready-made families merging together. And I feel like that's how it took off, especially with white families, because I feel like even more so than black families back in the day, they were way more apt to stick out a shitty ass marriage. (laughs) Just for the sake of saving face at work or church this nigga or whatever. Full of shit. <laughs> um, I mean that's true, but the only here's the thing: it was never rated well the entire time it was on. It was always I don't think it was ever like in the top ten, hmm. but it stayed on the air for like five years, just on the strength of like kids watching it because apparently it was like a kid show, so. And then, this is the part that blew my mind. So, once the show started popping with kids, they started, they were like, yo, we're going to start a fucking group. We're going to be like the Jackson 5 or the Osmonds. <laughs> Them niggas had never sang before. Like, the audacity to be like, yo, we going tour to tour, and we taking over your city. Be there. We'll the caucasity. <laughs> the caucasity. <laughs> and then, so they were showing videos of this whack-ass bullshit they were doing. And it made me think about that that video that's been on Twitter with the Osmond brothers and Cher mm-hmm. covering Stevie Wonder, butchering Stevie Wonder. Mm-hmm. You haven't seen it? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's bad. It's been going around recently. Yeah, like the last two weeks. Because it like Cher usually be looking like a bad bitch when they uh play her throwback shit, but that shit just looked awkward as fuck. And it made me realize. That this was in the era of the Jackson 5. Michael Jackson's turning on his TV then. I mean, look at this fucking bullshit. They're saying that the Osmonds are the white us. You know how fucking bad Joe Jackson probably was? He was like, well, I mean, the Jackson 5 were the black uh, Osmonds. Get the fuck out of here. Them niggas with them uh, robotic steps. (laughs) I saw uh, a clip about... um Elvis with Ray Charles with Ray Charles what happened this week that made uh, I guess the Taylor Swift shit yeah that's what it was people started bringing up like mediocrity yeah now what Ray Charles said is 100% true (laughs) but I do think that sometimes we are a little harder on Elvis than we probably should be Elvis did give credit to the people that he essentially borrowed slash stole from. Mm-hmm. He always made it known that he was going to these black juke joints in Mississippi and being the only white face in there, probably fucking black girls. <laughs> and like he put his twang and twist on it. That was, it's just like Jerry Lee Lewis. They were doing the exact same shit. Mm. Now it only gets weird when you get people like Pat Boone who, if you've ever seen the Little Richard movie, 
when uh Tutti Fruity comes out and they got that lame ass white dude to do a version of Tutti oh, Fruity. Yeah, yeah. That was Pat Boone. So Pat Boone would just recover black artists and then sell it to white audiences. Like essentially. And take all of the soul out of it. So I think we kind of lump uh, Elvis into that yeah, a little bit more. And also it's a whole bunch of rumors that aren't true about Elvis saying the only thing a black person could ever do is shine my shoes. He never said that. I never even heard anybody accuse him of that. I always, it's usually in black audiences, but apparently it was like a fake news thing. Mm-hmm. Like somebody, it was a white owned magazine that was trying to compete against ebony for black people and they will filter some of that shit out there that's one of those like tommy hilfiger went on oprah and said he didn't want black people on this uh to wear his clothes that should never fucking happen that was such a big thing yes and it never happened and people swear to this day that it happened and they swear that they saw it still won't wear anything tommy hilfiger yeah and that wasn't true. Tommy Hilfiger's little brother was literally dropping clothes off for Wu-Tang Clan to wear. Hmm. Like, because Tommy Hilfiger's little brother, I can't remember his name, but he was cool with all the rappers. That's how he started getting like Aaliyah and everybody started wearing Tommy shit. Because those were the people he was partying with. And he was like, yo, dude, like they love your clothes. So Tommy's like, shit, hey, fucking go give him the shit Mm -hmm. so he was just going up to harlem and everything just delivering clothes for him like it's a lot of as a history nerd it's easy to be like everything was bad back in the day because a lot of shit was bad but there were also people working across the lines but in artsy scenes there are always a little bit more diversity Artists are a little bit more welcoming until they aren't. <laughs> like they'll let you get a little comfortable, but it's always gonna be some weird shit. If you think about it, like Tupac was hanging out with Versace. Yeah, the real true. Versace. Yeah. <laughs> Versace thought Tupac was the most beautiful man he had ever seen. And he was like, I want you to wear my clothes. The legend Versace. Not these motherfuckers coming after spending the night at the Versace mansion. Talking about the real nigga. Yeah. Damn. I forgot about that. Like, and then Tupac was always a weird artsy person too because he could blend in because he was an art school kid. Mm -hmm. So he could blend in with the white kids. He could blend in with the black kids. and Like, art community is always a little different. He was, he was, um, Honestly, a more alternative black. <laughs> yes, he was. Is, like, is what we call him. <laughs> if he is, if he survived now, he would literally be doing all that shit. Still, he would be. He would be on the same shit that like. What? Who would be his equivalent? ASAP Rocky. Yeah, I was going in that or Travis Scott direction. Even though Pac definitely had a little bit more. I say ASAP because Travis Scott ain't got no edge to him. He really just a cornball making dope music. 
ASAP Rocky is that's true. ASAP Rocky is like <laughs> he's just another rich kid, right? ASAP Rocky will cut you. <laughs> Run about ASAP Rocky. Think that that pretty Flacco shit is just a joke. That nigga fucking slice your ass. Goldie is my favorite ASAP Rocky song. Yeah, I love, like we played that out that one summer, the summer before uh that album came out, because I had a leak of it. Like we used to just ride. That's when Lex had that BMW. We were just riding around, just blasting that shit. <laughs> Goldie, I don't know, just reminds me of a specific time in college. It was when you like when you feel like you that nigga. That's that's what he made music for. Like, cause it was I I want to say it was my senior year too. I think it was. So that's hilarious music. Always taking you to a certain place. We are floating all over this shit, bro. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Another thing we forgot to do last week was say R.I.P. to John Singleton. Oh yeah, I didn't even realize he had died at that point. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize. I think I had saw it, but I didn't. It didn't connect. I didn't realize this until I got home because when you said we forgot to talk about John, I thought you meant like just talk about his condition. But I didn't know that he had already passed at that point. Yeah. So John Singleton, of course, probably most famous for writing and directing Boys in the Hood when he was, what, 22 years old? Like, that's his first motherfucking movie. <laughs> and he knocked that shit out the fucking park. Like he got classic performances from everybody in that movie. No, he he was just such a he was a complete artist. Like there's there's artists that will put things out and then there's artists that put things out and there's just complete parts to everything that they do. Right. Like I just felt like all of his work was so like go in with your full ass like right you know what i'm saying like i'm gonna give you an experience like that nigga got nominated for best director at 23 fucking years old for the oscars the white ass fucking oscars and he's the only black writer or director to be nominated for or to not even be nominated but to have it's some weird shit like that he's in like rare air. Um but the other thing that I don't think a lot of people are talking about is all his other amazing movies. Like, okay, you got Boys in the Hood, you got Poetic Justice, <coughs> you got uh what else? Baby Boy, which yeah, I mean that's a cult classic. Uh, you got Rosewood, which is one of my favorite movies ever. And if you ever want to like get mad and not be able to talk to certain people for a couple of days, Rosewood would do it. I don't think I've seen Rosewood. Yeah, that should make you make you rattle. <laughs> um, what else? I'm forgetting. Oh, Higher Learning, which I love that movie as well because that movie stands up really well now. Didn't him and uh, Tyra Banks used to date? 
They might have. I know she's in Higher Learning. Have you seen Higher Learning? You gotta watch Higher Learning. Especially like now, you're like, okay, this shit. This shit is really going on in college campuses. Um, Too Fast, Too Furious. What? Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's something else John Singleton made that I can't remember. Oh, he created uh, Snowfall, the show. Hmm. He was the executive producer, at least. <laughs> well, yeah, that was just really fast. Yeah, he was only 50. Oh, Shaft. <gasps> this is it. This is from our era. Four Brothers. Four Brothers. That's me and my sister's favorite movie to watch together. Like, that soundtrack is fucking knocking, too. Because when they used uh, Trouble Man, Marvin Gaye, that shit, the way they use it in that movie, like, just brings chills. Like, that shit is dope as fuck. It's just a good-ass movie. Yeah. Another good movie where he got the best performances out of everybody. And I remember I got kicked out of that movie when I was seven. Well, I was a week before I turned 17. Because we had snuck in. And then, so I had to see Dukes of Hazard. The one with uh, Jessica Simpson? Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Them Duke boys. She had gotten so small for that movie. Yo, that, that's one of them things where you, you got to just give it to her because she made, she was able to capture for her children, her grandchildren, her great-grandchildren, a moment in time it was like, mom was a bad bitch. <laughs> True. Like, but also, mom was like classic dumb blonde. <laughs> yes. Look, we're only going to go with the positives right now. America's <laughs> sweetheart, classic dumb blonde, bad bitch. That's what Jessica Simpson was. Yes. That body was crazy. Yeah. Because her titties were huge and every, that's all everybody used to talk about. Yeah. Like, if I could build a perfect woman, it'd be Jessica Simpson <laughs> with a little bit more brains. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> like... It's, that's anytime you got some shit like that, you just gotta be like, yo, your mom was on one for one. Like, be, that's how Beyonce's children will look at a homecoming. Like, oh, she was killing it. Okay. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, John. What's what's your favorite John Singleton movie? Well, you just said Four Brothers, but besides that, Baby Boy, <laughs> Jody, my Jody. It's just one of those good, like, hood classics. Bro. Even though that movie has a scene in it that, as I got older, it's like, what the fuck? What? Which one? When Snoop Dogg was about to rape her in front of her son. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I always thought that shit was fucked up, but. (laughs) I see you built your little fort, huh? Fuck your fort. I just, like, (laughs) I just really liked how, like, true to life. His films were too. Like, that was a big part of what he wanted to do was bring black culture yeah. into the mix. Sometimes it felt a little preachy, but sometimes it, it, it has does, to be preachy. But a lot of shit in the 80s and 90s was preachy. Yeah. <laughs> but the scene, like, for example, the scene I think is preachy, but it's done so perfect is the gentrification speech in Boys in the Hood that Lawrence Fishburne gives. Because mm. he breaks gentrification down 30 years before. 
well, almost 30 years before we're seeing the effects of what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. And he's breaking it down perfect. That's one of those uh, scenes that people have been playing a lot since he died. Just be like, oh, this dude, he broke this shit at 22 fucking years old. (laughs) That's crazy. Bro, you know what I was doing at 22? (laughs) (laughs) I was seeing how high and how drunk could I get at the exact same time. Putting your lungs and your kidneys through some shit. Like, I used to get mad when people wouldn't let me smoke cigarettes in their car. <laughs> like, what kind of scumbag did I fucking think I was? Ooh, growth. <laughs> Thank God for growth. And meanwhile, John Singleton is writing masterpieces in his college dorm. And I'm passing out on the front lawn of my best friend's house. <laughs> Drunk. <laughs> here. Here, actually. <laughs> At this very location. <laughs> At the Shaboom Cultural Center. <laughs> I was very fucked up. Did you see the thing where they banned Farrakhan from Facebook? Yeah. Okay. So, um, so they banned a whole bunch of right-wing conservative people and radical people on the right from Facebook recently. Um, People have been trying to get the dude from Twitter, Jack, to do the same. But he told, it's just like he told Trump, if they change the algorithm to get rid of uh, white supremacists, Mm -hmm. some mainstream conservatives would have to be banned. So what does that say about your fucking party? Yeah. See, I was just what I was trying to figure out. It's like why I heard that he had got banned, but I wanted to know like why. Because Farrakhan is fucking crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't think we talk about it enough of just how fucking crazy Farrakhan is and how Farrakhan and all right, a lot of people were mad saying that Farrakhan isn't on the right. A lot of conservatives. Like, no, Farrakhan is very much on the right. Farrakhan is as conservative as you can get in America. It's just he's black. And he doesn't do that kowtow and shit to fucking uh, white conservatives so they won't think he's a racist. Mm -hmm. He don't give a fuck. (laughs) But Farrakhan is fucking nuts. And if I offend some people, I don't give a fuck. Um, So... All right, first off, the Nation of Islam as a whole is a very conservative sect of Islam. And they have a lot of, uh, let's just say, uh, different views from uh, other people. They are very uh, anti, uh, they're very uh, homophobic, very transphobic, very uh, women should be in the kitchen and men should be uh, breadwinners and a lot of those talking points that the right usually talks about. Mm-hmm. And he's very, they're very religious, of course. Another conservative thing, usually. And um, also, Farrakhan is very anti-Semitic. 
He says a lot of fucked up shit about Jewish people. Now, in full disclosure, I have listened to Farrakhan speak when he came to A and M. When was this? My senior year. Wait. My my first senior year. Yeah. That happened. <laughs> Your first senior year. Yeah. <laughs> my second senior year is when I graduated. <laughs> I had two senior years as well. Uh it took two like Rob base, like Kanye said. <laughs> um, so yeah, Farrakhan came and spoke at A and M. And if you don't know anything about the Nation of Islam, you, then that means you don't know about the fruit of Islam. You know what the fruit of Islam is? Mm-mm. That's uh, the personalized bodyguards for the Nation of Islam. Okay. Them niggas trill as fuck. And they're called the fruit. Yeah, the fruit of Islam. They are trained in hand-to-hand combat and whatever else they need. So they ninjas, basically. <laughs> Some black ass ninjas, if you will. Uh, if if black if Batman was black, <laughs> and had and had about two hundred uh, copycats, <clears throat> that's what fruit of Islam is. Black ass Batman, if you will. <laughs> So that uh, pat down to get into to see Farrakhan was uh, very extensive because the Fruit of Islam say that they ain't never lost somebody on their watch. They also may or may not have been the people to kill Malcolm X after he left. Hmm. And then that's the other part of it. Louis Farrakhan definitely said that somebody should cut out Malcolm's tongue. And he kind of added to the environment that made it to where former, I mean, members of the Nation of Islam killed Malcolm X. So some people, including Malcolm X's daughter, believed that Farrakhan had a hand in assassinating him. So therefore, uh, his daughter uh, was arrested for trying to kill Farrakhan. One of Malcolm's daughters was killed. I mean, one of Malcolm's daughters was arrested trying to assassinate him, and she went to jail. This story gets sadder because she had a son named Malcolm that was, uh, I think he was like 10 or 11. He was a troubled kid. So when when she went to jail, Malcolm Shabazz, which was his name, went to live with uh, Betty Shabazz, who was... Malcolm X's widow. Some kind of way he started a fire and it killed Betty Shabazz. Wow. So that's kind of a trickle down. And then once he got out of jail, he lived this crazy life and he ended up dying not too long ago. But yeah, so that's part of the knock against Farrakhan feel. But anyway, back to Farrakhan. <laughs> Um. So, oh, talking about the crazy Nation of Islam shit. Do you know anything about the Nation of Islam? Not really. Okay, so it was started by this dude who they don't know anything about him for real. He was Elijah Muhammad's mentor, and he just nobody knows anything about his life. And he was 
he only met Elijah Muhammad for like three years, and then he just disappeared. Nobody knows whatever happened to him. And then so Elijah Muhammad started the religion and said that he was reincarnate. That guy was the reincarnation of Muhammad, the prophet. <laughs> and so it's just how sketchy off off jump off the rip. It's like when you find out about how Mormonism started. He's like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> that don't sound right. And this happened in our time. We can. <laughs> this ain't back in the day where you be like, maybe, well, maybe that shit did happen. Yeah. No, nigga, <laughs> cameras existed. <laughs> <laughs> so Elijah Muhammad started uh, the Nation of Islam. And then Malcolm, of course, converted when he was in jail. Most of us know the story. One of the things, I read the autobiography of Malcolm X when I was 15 years old for the first time. And even then, it, it, some, it was a part of the story that just was like, I don't believe this shit happened. <laughs> they believe that thousands and thousands of years ago that there was this uh, scientist, a black scientist called uh, uh, Dr. Jakob. And Dr. Jakob uh, wanted to make an evil race of people. So he went to some Greek island, like Plat- Platmos or something. And he, over hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years, no, over hundreds of years, recreated a population of pretty much albinos. And over time, got rid of the black traits. <laughs> And that's where white people came from. <laughs> and that's where they have the basis of that white people are of the devil. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that shit is. Ugh. It's so fucking cringy. But you know, this is how it connects. You know, Adisa Samira would have been like Yakubians. That's what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That's why on that episode of uh, Where's Me and Spy Guy, when we're we're using white people, we're saying Yakubi. It's, it's like a, it's an inner it's an inside joke. <laughs> Man, people have no that shit idea. It's crazy though, like. But that's like widespread, like nation of Islam shit. The fact that so many people could just be taught like this and just take in information and walk with it. And this is where the story gets crazier. So apparently in recent years, uh, Louis Farrakhan has started to embrace elements of Scientology. So now he's also getting people to do Dianetics. I'm so tired of hearing those words. (laughs) (laughs) I have seen the word Dianetics like just sprinkled throughout everywhere lately and I'm just like I'm tired <laughs> it's about going clear get it out of here Scientology also some crazy shit too yes it is did you see the shit about that cruise ship owned by the church of Scientology they had a measles outbreak what is going on with these vaccinations people like people <laughs> think that they are like every everybody is doing this like over health yeah. type of thing like everybody thinks that 
the best way to go is like holistic everything and natural organic everything and never putting chemicals in your body and this that and the third and it's like come on man <laughs> like y'all got to to abide by like science bro and then i saw this thing where yo the black plague is coming back <clears throat> somebody ate like it's like in bangladesh or somewhere it's somewhere far off they uh they ate something raw and so two people end up getting the black plague and if you don't know what the black plague is it killed like over half of europe in the middle ages you may know it as the black death World coming to an end, bro. It's a left behind novel. It's, a, it's the beginning. <laughs> what the fuck? And Donald Trump is Nikolai. <laughs> the black flag, my nigga? Yo. God, man, maybe God is come back, bro. We just... <laughs> Like when he was here, he he was talking about he was like, we need more black students in STEM programs and stuff like that. Like the community development part of him, mm-hmm. I have no problem with. It's just the way he goes about his messages, and you know the outright just wrong shit he does. And then plus because he's one of the last black leaders, we. We kind of get defensive when people come after them. And then we're just, we let that blind us. Like, let's be real. We don't ride for Jesse Jackson or Al Sharp the way we were ride for Farrakhan. That's true. Even though they all what for what. Even though I respect Al Sharpton's game. Al Sharpton out here being cause bad boys moving silence and violence. And I respect that shit. That nigga like y'all ain't gonna get me on camera, but I'm out here doing it. Like I, y'all get some shit. Like he met with uh Pete Buttigieg the other day at Sylvia's in Harlem, mm-hmm. and they were eating like fried chicken and shit, <laughs> doing nigger shit. Oh, speaking, of <laughs> did you see it? The Met Gala Tiffany had his, brought that chicken in her uh no, purse. I didn't know she was there. Yeah, and she was handing out chicken. And of course, all these self righteous ass niggas. Oh, she's out here cooting. Let me Google. I want to see her outfits. She went dressed like a pimp that was handing out chicken. And so, of course, I I, I resigned from being a bougie nigga. I'm not a bougie nigga no more. Because <laughs> people have appropriated bougie culture, and I don't like the way that people are doing it now. What do you mean? <laughs> We used to be bougie just to look down at these niggas. Not seriously, but just look at these niggas. But people took it too far. And everybody's trying to outwoke each other. And then the other thing is, nobody's ever canceled. Canceling doesn't exist. Like, name one person who was actually canceled. We couldn't even get Bill Cosby all the way out to paint. We it's still niggas riding for Bill Cosby. We can't even get R. Kelly out of here. Right. I almost did not even recognize her. But yeah, now people are fed up with Tiffany Haddish and Kevin Hart, apparently. 
I kind of felt like her burn was going to be quick. It wasn't. You can only play that role so much. It's just natural. She was the Kim Whitley. She was the, uh, who else? The the Jack A. Harry. Yeah. Yo, her Twitter account is so fucking dope. Yeah, she is hilarious. Bro. And then you be thinking, like, when she be posting the throwback pictures, you like, yeah, she was bad as fuck back in two, two, seven days. Snatched. <laughs> but yeah, no, I knew she was going to burn out quickly. She, it just, I think after seeing her first stand up, maybe. She sounded good stand up. It wasn't good. The stand up wasn't good, but. I feel like she's she's she was relying so much on that like rags to riches story also. Right. And it it was just old to me. Now, how do you feel about the people who feel like that pretty much that black people as a whole like these are black people, but they feel like there's some black people who they like to call suburban niggas. I'm take offense to that. <laughs> Only like uh, quote unquote things from the hood if it's on our terms. If it's on somebody who does things a little different from us, we don't want it. So, like, they look at like uh, we celebrate Cardi B or Megan Thee Stallion, but we criticize uh, Tiffany Haddish when they're essentially all similar. And forms of ratchetness. Yes and no. I mean, they're they're similar just in the fact that they're comfortable with, I guess, being themselves or not being. But people still come for Tiffany Haddish in a different way than, like, say, Cardi B, who's America's sweetheart. America's ratchet sweetheart. What was up with that video of her just posting her ass out, spreading her legs? Like, yo, like, what the fuck is going on? That's that's that shit that social media done cultivated. She was cool being herself, and then now she just <laughs> does give no the fuck. most. I am falling in love with Megan Thee Stallion now. The funniest thing. I don't ever. think I really listened to her music. I just see her. You ain't heard big old freak snippets on. Um, <laughs> On Twitter and shit. The funniest shit is when uh, she posted that picture with her and Solange, and it said something like Houston's finest. And then somebody was like, Y'all need to do a song together. And then somebody else was like, Big old freaks in the sky. Let's <laughs> 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 make a song, Big old freaks in the sky. A seat at the table with the big old freak. <laughs> Sorry, I've been eyeballing this menu. You've been lusting after it. Yeah, well, for one, it's so tiny. Like, I literally have to zoom in. I'm about to place an order. Um, my bad. What is it? How should we end it? Was that it? <laughs> Big old freaks in the sky. <laughs> 
Um, uh, I feel like my period's coming. I'm gonna kill everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hell of a ending. <laughs> so thank you guys for tuning in today to suburban pod if you would like to follow me on twitter you can find me at curvy brown girl and you can find me at a kid named juice some of our music today was provided by our good friend Corey battle you can follow him on soundcloud at djc battle new episodes available every thursday